What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith from ESPN. This is former world champion boxer Showtime Sean Porter. Hey, this is Booby Gibson. I'm Josh Creed. Hi, this is Joe Tate, voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And you're listening to Sports Power Talk. You listen to Sports Power Talk. And keep listening, or it'll be wham with the right hand. Ladies and gentlemen, live from the University of Akron, WZIP Sports presents the best sports talk show this side of Lake Erie. No question, with all due respect. This is Sports Power Talk. With the latest in sports news. Your Akron Zips are the 2022 MAC champions. The Zips have defeated the Kent State Electric Chicken. In-depth analysis. Astrology for women is equal to what Joe Rogan is for men. <laughs> have you ever tried DMT? <laughs> and of course, the hottest takes. He's just bad. Let me tear your labrum and you can go on the You know what? (laughs) It's only a game. Why you have to be mad? Just the same old Browns! You know, bro. Hard on pitch. I think that was textbook top cheese. Cleveland! This is for you! From the best that Ohio sports has to offer to the best of the Akron Zips. Now it's time for SPT. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, people of Akron and people from near and far. You are tuned in to the best sports talk show there is, was, and ever will be live from the University of Akron. It is Sports Power Talk right here on WZIP. I am your host, Logan Congrove, and joining me today for this incredible college football show, I have two very incredible analysts on the other side of the desk, starting off with Kent Roosevelt football legend per usual, Mr. Mitch Bates. Mitch, how are we doing this fine morning? I'm feeling amazing. How's it going, everyone? And on the other side of the desk, he's giving a little bit of a frowny face, and you will hear why. I I don't even have to explain it, because here on the University of Akron campus, it was a rough day yesterday. But joining me on the other side of the desk is Akron Zips fanatic, Mr. Patrick Weber. Pat? I know how we're feeling today, yeah. but tell the listeners how you're feeling today. Um, I'm a little upset. I'm not going to lie. And I a know little? I, I know I shouldn't be upset about what happened yesterday because, I mean, we'll get into it, but I shouldn't be as upset as I am because despite the fact that we did take a pretty disappointing loss yesterday, we did play really well. It's just, you know, to be so close to beating a somewhat big opponent and to just fall just that little bit short just hurts. Yeah, Pat, it does hurt a little bit. So now that you bring it up, we will jump right into it. Today's show consists of a ton of football and a little bit of baseball sprinkled in. Starting off with segment one is going to be all about Akron football and yesterday's matchup between the Temple Owls. And then in our second segment, we will get into the MLB. Lots of topics to touch on there for the Guardians and around the league. And then when we get into our second hour... We will be talking about some miscellaneous topics, some zip soccer, some high school football teams to watch, which is something new that we're trying here on SPT and Hot Mike, but there is a twist for Hot Mike. And I'm going to bring it up now so you have time to get your questions in. So, of course, we always have our Hot Mike on Twitter, so feel free to tweet at us at WZIP Sports to get your questions in. But if you're not a Twitter user and you have a question at any point throughout the show, We're happy to announce that WZIP now has a text line. That number is 330-972-8888. And you can text in your questions directly to us. Text your name as well if you want it to be read. And we will answer your questions live during our Hot Mic segment. Or maybe here and there around the show. 
but it's a very cool new twist to our hot mic segment here on Sports Power Talk, as well as for all of WZIP. So once again, that number is 330-972-8888. Text in your questions, and they will be read live on air. And then to finish out our show, we will round out with other NCAA football games besides our Akron Zips. Lots of stuff going on around the league yesterday, but let's jump right into it. Akron traveled to Lincoln Financial Field yesterday against the Temple Owls. They came out super strong, a 21-7 to lead at half, and I thought this Akron team was something different. And then, unfortunately, the Akron Zips were not able to hold on to the lead, losing 24-21. to Pat, I'm going to pitch it to you first and just... Go ahead. I'm just going to give you the go-ahead. I I want to know, where did the team from the first half go? Where did that team go? By the I mean, everybody saw it. The second play of the game, 77-yard touchdown from Lorenzo Lingard. And I thought the Zips are back. We're not back. <laughs> I, I want to know where that team went. We looked like a completely, completely different team in the second half. I know Temple was doing a really good job of making sure to close out sideline to sideline. They weren't letting us get a lot of free room to run with Lorenzo, which I know that kind of, you know, it stopped up the offense a little bit, but I don't think, you know, our offensive line in that second half, we allowed way too many sacks. DJ Irons couldn't get anything done, but not only that, but DJ Irons absolutely collapsed in that second half. He did not look good coming out. I don't know what it was, but... I've never seen so many poorly thrown balls come out of him ever. It was not. It, it was. I, I don't even know. Like I can't even like begin to really break down everything. But I just want to know the defense also second half was just lackluster. Like they, it's almost like you know, yeah, we had this big lead, but you have to finish out the game. And we clearly thought we had that game in hand, and we fell very short. <clears throat> like I said, I wouldn't be as upset if we would have taken a loss this game regardless, except for the fact that we didn't score in the second half. We got shut out completely in the second half by Temple, and I just don't think Temple's... They're they're a pretty solid program, don't get me wrong. I do know that they are probably a little bit better than us. They do play in a little bit of a better conference than we do, so they are you know just a little bit of a better opponent than us. But there's no way they should be holding us scoreless in the second half whatsoever, and we just utterly collapse and lose that game. Not to mention there were some pretty poor penalties, I'd say, including one by, um, I think it was Joey Hunter. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, you have to keep your cool. That is unacceptable, what I saw happen. Like, um, he basically cost us the game. Um, It was third and seven, you know, third and long. All we have to do is get the stop, we get the ball back, we have a chance to tie the game or win the game. And I watch him blatantly jump off sides because he couldn't handle the trash talk that was coming from the receiver across from him just to shove him over. And he blew us the game because of that. So it's like... I don't know. It was like stupid penalties, number one. It's, I don't know. I feel like it's the same thing every week, almost, right? Like It's just really stupid penalties that cost us the games, it seems like. like Whenever we have those close games, it's like you have to keep your cool for just, like I don't know, 10 more seconds. We might have a chance to take that at overtime, and we actually might win that game. But instead, they just end up kneeling the ball out because you couldn't keep your cool. You decided to go do that, and that's, I think that's what cost us the game ultimately because we did have a chance up until then. And at that point, it was like third and one, and it was like, there's just no, there's no way we're going to win this game now because all you got to do is just QB draw up the middle game. Yeah. Anything nice that I would have to say about the Akron team yesterday, it would have to have been from the first half. Because the second half, like Pat said, was a completely different game from what I saw. But I want to talk about in the first half how 
I'd say satisfied I was with the defense. And I think the defense through the whole game even. This is not like even the Akron defense of last year where the whole entire secondary is getting cooked every single play. And even if they're not throwing the ball, you'll see them running you know, the fade routes just to get the corners out of there, and they're getting toasted on those. But, you know, I was really happy with the secondary, how they looked especially. The whole defense, um, not as happy with the offensive line throughout the entire game. It felt like DJ was having to run and throw while he was on the run or just running himself a lot of the time. And another thing I really wasn't happy with was the third down efficiency of Akron through the entire game. They were three for twelve on third down, and that's Ouch. just that's not a ratio that you can have, even against a team like Temple. Because we can be honest here, Temple didn't look that good. No, they they were definitely shaky, and the fact that we didn't capitalize on it is honestly it was very surprising. Like I said, though, I I do agree. In the first half, we did look very good. Our defense was stellar. I think that. You know, I was kind of curious to see how our defense would look, you know, being the first season and I think as long as any of us can remember that we don't have Bubba Arcelanian mm-hmm. out there on the roster. So I was very curious to see how we were going to be working without, you know, our go-to defensive guy. We looked amazing in that first half. The mm-hmm. defensive line is significantly better. Like, we actually were able to stop the run. We put a good amount of pressure on the quarterback in that first half. But I completely agree with you, Mitch. That offensive line was horrible. I don't know what it is. It's like, you know, we bring in all these offensive linemen, whether it be transfers, new recruits, but they just cannot block. And the amount of penalties that I saw for <laughs> false starts, I was going, like, I was I was getting kind of mad and yelling at my TV because it was like, you, like you've you got to be kidding me. Like, I think there was one point we had two or three false starts in a row. And I'm just sitting there like, you're joking me right now, right? Like, we originally had, like, a second and five, and now it's, like, second and 20. Yeah, it got ridiculous <laughs> at a certain point. And I think DJ also needs to do a little better of a job of making them look better and being able to make the play when your line's not there for you. He needs to get rid of the ball, too. Like, when that pocket starts to collapse and he's going outside the pocket, if there's nobody open, just get rid of the ball. I couldn't tell you how many times that I saw he had a chance to at least get rid of the ball to prevent a big loss of yards, and he would just hold on to the ball. And I, I'm sitting there like, just throw the ball away at that point. Yeah, I know it'll bring up a fourth and whatever, but at least that's more manageable. Mm-hmm. Like a maybe a fourth and two is more manageable than a fourth and twelve, right? To me, and I'm I'm just like you have he has to get rid of the ball. He has to stop. I think he's overthinking it too much sometimes when that pocket starts to collapse, and I th- I think that's his weakness is that when that pocket starts to really break down and crumble in, he kind of freezes up a little bit. I don't think he really knows what to do, and you know, all love to DJ DJ Irons and everything, but you know, you're you're the leader of this team. Like you've mm-hmm. got to be able to make those decisions quick. And if you can't make those quick decisions, then I'm, I don't want to sound like I'm being picky about anything or anything, but I don't think you deserve to have the starting spot on this team. If you can't make those you know, game-time decisions and lead this offense like you're supposed to, I, I don't know. But I was also kind of disappointed in the performance of Alex Adams. I right. think you know he did have a couple of really good plays, but for somebody who was one of the best wide receivers in the MAC last year, I was extremely disappointed at the performance he put on. I couldn't tell you. I mean, I felt like I was watching Deontay Johnson out there, honestly, <laughs> dropping everything that was thrown to him. Um, but, I mean, I you know, you got to look at the positives, I guess, you know, going yeah. into this. Yeah, we start off with a tough loss, but, you know, at least we're not Kent State. We didn't lose 56-6. to six. Yeah, we are so, not Kent State. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. And, you know, like I said, 
this game was a very like it was a it was a trial game for us. I talked to um, a couple of my friends. I have friends that like work on the coaching staff or work with some of the coaches. I mean, also the same thing. They're like, you know, it'd be great to go out and win against Temple. They're not expecting to go out and win, but the fact that we managed—I mean, we See, covered the spread. Let me stop you right there, Pat. <laughs> Isn't that part of the issue? We're not expecting to win. I think I think that's the mentality of it, right? I think that this program. Here's the thing: we are good enough. Like we went out and we played so well that I'm like, okay, we we are a different program. We look a lot better. But I think it's the mentality of we've been so bad for so long that if we can just have a close game with anybody, we're like, we'll take it. But we can't and just accept that. But now, that's the issue say, right say there. If this, was, if this was against Indiana, I'd be like, no, like this is completely fine. right? Like, if this was against Indiana or Kentucky, we'd be having a completely different conversation for sure. right now. Because I'd be like, we looked amazing against a Power 5 school. But we are like accepting the fact that we did good against Temple. And I, I, like I said, Temple's a pretty solid <laughs> program. You know, they're consistent in bowl games. They make bowl games almost every year. But we can't just be settling for good enough anymore. And I think that's the problem that we're having. I mean, I heard the announcer say it, you know. We had five conference games last year that we lost by seven points or less. And we were okay with that. Because, right, it's like, you know, we're so bad, but the fact that we made it competitive, that's what made it at least enjoyable to go watch, that we're competing. But I think we're past that point now. I think we're to a point where we have to actually start going for the win, stop settling for just good enough. Go for the win. Don't just be like, oh, like, you know, whatever, we only lost by three. So what if we only lost by three? What if that was the last game of the season to get us into a bowl game and, you know, we only lose by three? That's part of why we got to hold DJ more accountable to, like you said. And it's not anything negative towards DJ, but if you are going to be the quarterback of the team, which is – debatably the most important position of all of football, you have to be the one that can't afford to make the mistakes, and you pretty much have to be perfect on your game. You're the one they talk about. You're the player to watch every time. Him and Alex Adams, maybe Lingard. It's always when you're watching the game, oh, well, this is the player to watch. This is DJ Irons. He's He's got the legs, you know, and he can throw. So you got to be able to live up to that, or which is a conversation that came up earlier, maybe under Cuffler could be on the rise. And I see here that he's a senior. I'm sorry. Like, I'm, I'm counting over here. There are six quarterbacks on this roster. There are five <laughs> more that could step up and take his spot. Mm-hmm. And I think you should be thinking about that because I don't think he is. I don't think he is. And I'm going to be honest. I was very impressed with Taj Bullock yesterday, one of our transfer quarterbacks. I know he didn't throw the ball at all, but... He looked really good. I definitely think that having a dual QB system like that is going to be very beneficial. But I'm sorry, like I said, I'm, I'm looking at the quarterbacks we have. And, you know, Jeff Undercuffler didn't look bad in that game we played against NIU. Mm-hmm. He didn't look, I think about that. He did not look horrible that game. We've seen that he, know, he knows what he's doing. Not to mention we have a very, very good young quarterback on the roster in Steele Wassel. I mean, I don't know if you guys remember, but I was hyping this kid up. I was so hyped when he committed to the University of Akron. I would love to see him get the chance to go out there and play. And like I said, no offense to DJ, but like you, you're the leader of this team. Like you're one of the team captains. Like you gotta be. I don't know. You have to make the right decisions, and I just don't think he's making the right decisions right now. DJ Irons was 17 for 29 yesterday, 205 yards passing, two touchdowns, and one pick. Pat, how much? How much of the inconsistency came in the second half, would you say? All of it, honestly. Um, like I said, it was night and day. I went from watching what I thought was like just the most new and improved and revamped Akron Zips <laughs> football program I've seen in my life. And I was really excited. And then they came out in that second half, and it was like, 
I don't know. I felt like I was watching like Tom Arth's team again. Like seriously, like I, I don't know where I don't know where everybody kind of went. Like I know that everyone's probably tired. We did play very hard that first half, played very well that first half. But then like we came out of the gate, you know, it was, we went from that first half where we were denying every single big play that you could imagine, right? Like any deep ball they threw, any long run they wanted to have was shut down immediately. And we did a great job of that. And the second half happened, and it was big play after big play after big play. And it's just sitting there like. We watch this almost every week at InfoCision where it's just big play after big play because our defense can't keep up. And that's what that's what happened in the second half. But also that, but like when you can't get the offense going, you might have to make that switch at quarterback. Because mm-hmm. I, and I, know, and I know DJ, you know, he has been struggling the past couple of seasons with injuries and everything. And I'm just like, I obviously I know he's probably going to be our most consistent quarterback right now. But by the end of the season, I don't know if I want to see him as our starting quarterback. Yeah. In, in all in all honesty, I just <clears> don't. We'll see. I don't. I don't think he has. I don't want to say I don't think he has what it takes. But from what I've seen, it's again very, very disappointing, very lackluster performance from DJ Irons for him. Supposed, you know, he's supposed to be one of the best quarterbacks in this conference, and he did not play like it yesterday, in my opinion. Can we all sit here and agree though? And stop the slander of Joe Moorhead. the 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 mm-hmm. issue is not Joe Moorhead. It's not him. He's he's a fantastic head coach. It is. It's the players. It's I the players. <laughs> you ever seen that meme? It was the coaches. It was the coaches' fault, <laughs> not you. But like, it's the opposite. <laughs> it, it is. It, the it used to be the coaches' fault, <laughs> but now that's not the. It's not the case anymore. However, you mentioned penalties, Pat. What can Joe Moorhead and the coaching staff do to discipline this team so that these weird, obscure penalties don't continue to happen? Because I sent you a text the other night, or after the game, Pat, and I said, you know, does it matter who the coach of this program is at this point? Because Joe Moorhead is probably the best coach that Akron has had in 20, 30 years. And, I mean, I see the difference. The program definitely has improved. But, like... For how long are we gonna? How long until we just say that Akron football will just never be a good program? I I don't know, but I'm kind of like heading in that direction because, I mean, to me the the best thing you can do is like for somebody again an example the one of our corners like I guess I'm pretty sure is Joey Hunter just literally don't play him do not play him at all the next game I don't care if he's our best <laughs> corner on the, on the field I don't care he doesn't deserve to play at all. Because of that, right? Like if you're if you alone are costing us all these yards because you're making the mistakes, you don't deserve to play. And that's just it. You don't deserve to be out on the field. That's part of the mindset thing too. That's what's going to help the other players think, Oh, well, I'm gonna have to do my job no matter what my name is, because that's the type of vibe that we are now establishing here. And I think we can all agree also, if Akron plays exactly like they did in the first half, we're one and oh right now. Easy. We're either, like we would have won by, we would have won by at least twenty. Mm-hmm. That had we kept the pressure on, but we just didn't. Just now, finish know, the know, game. That that's that's like the key thing. I think is the main issue with the zips that we've seen. So like throughout literally the past like five six years, like that's the only consistent thing is that we can't close out games. I, I feel like that's the only consistency this team really has. Is like no matter what lead you have. You sit there and you're like, in the back of your mind, we could be up by 50 mm-hmm. at halftime. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, we're going to blow it somehow. Like, <laughs> I don't know how it's going to happen, but we're going to blow this game somehow. And it, I think it just comes down to the mindset. Now, obviously, our transfers that we had, a lot of them, you know, they did make their debuts yesterday and they looked phenomenal. Like, our offense is definitely at a higher caliber, but again, 
really stupid penalties. You just you have to stop. And it's I feel like it's the same thing every time I come up here and talk about the zips. Just cut back on the stupid penalties, and they just don't. Do you think so? What what's the solution on the coaching staff's end to discipline this? They've they've got to take it. They've got to take they've got to take the action. It's like I said, not play them. Like if you're making all these costly mistakes, then either you don't start or you don't play. Mm-hmm. You have to make it more competitive because we have a very loaded roster, and I know for a fact that you take somebody away. Well, then you know you're going to put somebody else in who probably wants that more, and they're going to play a lot better. So if you want to keep your starting job, you know don't cost us stupid like don't don't have stupid penalties that cost us the game or yards. Like it's just I it, I feel like it's not that hard. Mm-hmm. I really feel like it's not that hard to not. Apparently, it is for Akron, <laughs> I, and I don't understand why. It's like you're a college athlete; you have to stay calm and composed. not just a college athlete too. We are a Division One school, and it, like watching it, it's like wow. <laughs> like I've I watched some of those penalties, like I said, and I'm like I've seen high schoolers keep their cool better. Then Mitch Bates you. keeps his cool. I always kept my cool, except when I got <laughs> kicked out of the game. Why'd you get kicked out of the game? Uh, because this kid grabbed my brother, and he threw him, and another kid came flying in, and helmet to helmet hit. So I just grabbed the kid, and what are you doing, buddy? And <laughs> the ref told me I can't do that. But anyways, that's that, off topic. What, who are you playing? Um, I believe it was Canton South. If this young man from Canton South is listening, <laughs> come on up here. WZIP would like to issue an apology on behalf of Mr. Mitch Bates. I want to talk to you. Come on up here. <laughs> uh, Pat, we got about seven minutes left in the segment, and I threw this into the outline because I'm genuinely curious as to your thoughts. What would you consider the state of Akron Athletics right now as a whole? Not just football, everything. As what a whole, we're definitely on the rise. I'll be honest. We are on the rise in every single sport except football. Like you know, obviously, I, think I would actually, con- I would, can, I would contradict that opinion. Really? Yes. Because I saw a tweet yesterday. My tweet, I tweeted at, at half. I tweeted, "This Akron football team is different." Then I quoted the tweet in the fourth quarter and said, "Never mind." <laughs> and I got a, re- I got a reply that said, "What are you talking about?" The old Akron football would be losing forty to three at this point, but that's not the point. Like, oh, but you you use the term on the rise. If you were to say, like, Akron football is there, then I would have been like, yeah, that that's not the point. This is not the point. But using the term on the rise, well, I mean, you said like a- like athletics as a whole, and like literally the you only- said except Akron football though, yeah, because like we're continuously getting better and better and better, and like you know we're winning our conferences, right, and, like, soccer, basketball. We have stellar track and field. I was going to say that, Like, we've got so many good programs here, but it's, like, the one that is just not good is the one that we're putting the most amount of money into. And it's kind of disappointing to me. Because, you know, I think, you know, maybe some of that money could be spent better elsewhere in some of our other athletic programs that we're a lot better at. Because I, I I don't know what it is with this football program. I don't. I, I think I think it's just the mindset of the fact that you know we've literally been a bottom five program for like seven years, and the one time that we're not supposed to be one, like we don't really know what to do, so we're just like, oh, like you know we didn't get blown out, so it's okay. No, it's not okay. You go out there and win. If we're supposed to be this much better, you go out there and win. You don't just settle for whatever. You don't sit there and be like, oh well, you know we're not getting blown out. I don't care if we're getting blown out or not. 
at least if we're getting blown out, I can just say it's the same old Akron, but, you know, right now I can't, because we did look a lot better, but it's like, you can't, you can't contradict that with, like, oh, you can't justify a loss with something even worse, I think. A loss is a loss, like, no matter what way you want to take it, the only loss that's, like, kind of acceptable, like I said, for a program like ours would be if we lost by three to a Power 5 school. That's, like, the only loss that I'd be like, I can look at this as a win. Any other team that we lose to, there's no justifying that loss. It's a loss. For sure. And then, sticking with the Akron's for a little bit, now that we're on the topic of Akron Athletics, I didn't know where else to throw this in, so this is probably a good spot to do so. The MAC Players of the Decade list came out. There's a few Akron zips on. This is for basketball. So I'll start. I'll go low to high. Enrique Freeman was ranked 21st. Isaiah Johnson was ranked 18th. And Lauren Christian Jackson was ranked 6th. Three Akron zips on this list. Guys, what are your thoughts? And is anybody, any Akron zip left off this list? I think X was left off that list. I'm not going to lie. He did dominate the MAC, But I just don't think that he got a lot of the looks that he deserved because other than his senior year, he kind of just had like an average scoring. But we had we had a more loaded roster up until his senior campaign. But I think he should have been on the list. And then um, who else? There's just so many players I feel like were left out. Tyler Cheese. <laughs> Tyler Cheese could have been on there, though. Tyler seriously. Cheese. But, no, like, I'm not going to lie. I'm very impressed that Enrique is top 25, and he's still playing. So, you know, he still has his time he'll to cement climb. himself even. Oh, he'll definitely climb. The next time this list comes out, he'll climb. He'll be in the top ten. Yeah. No matter what. Like, you can say whatever you want. He'll be in the top ten. A hundred percent. Now, I'm really satisfied with the Akron Zips that we did get on this list, but I do agree with you. I thought X should have been at least somewhere on the list. I don't think he should have been, like, top 15 by any means, but I think if you want to put Enrique on the list, you also got to include X. But... As far as the other members, I'm pretty satisfied with everyone that got in. They're all studs, and it's going to be great, as you said, to see Enrique sort of capitalize on the momentum that he's been getting and actually be the leader of the team this year. I feel like he is the star on Akron basketball this year. Oh, he's been the star, and I am I am more than ready for basketball season. I'm not going to lie to you. There are two things I'm looking forward to this year, and that's... November 1st, the Wagon Wheel game, and watching Enrique Freeman and the Akron Zips win the MAC. Because you know it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You can quote me on that now. Like, I will, I will, you like, you quote me on it right now. 11 28 on Sunday, September 3rd, the Akron Zips are winning the Mid American Conference, and we're going to make a deep run in March Madness. You think they're going to win well, the MAC for football? Oh, there's no way. Well, there's, okay, hold no, on. There's let me let me take that back. No, but I do think we'll finish. I think we can finish top four, but we have got we have got to like we have to finish out games. Northern Illinois looked pretty good yesterday. I don't know if you saw that. No, they did look very good, and Buffalo honestly didn't look too bad either in their game. And I know like the MAC is you know obviously it can get very competitive for football, but I think. I think we have a chance to finish in, like, a top four, top five. And I still think we can make a bowl game. But we have to finish out the games. Please. <laughs> I mean, Morgan State will be a teller. Honestly, I know if, people if probably don't game, think that way. But 
if it's close, then my hopes will go If this is a close game, I'm, I'm done. We're going to be bottom five again. I'm sorry. But if, if we have a close game against Morgan State, there's, there's, there's no hope for the season. We should blow them out by, like, 60. And if we don't, no. Season's over. <laughs> like, already. We'll see, Pat. I hope so. I hope you're right. But that's going to do it for our Zips football segment, as well as a little bit of Zips basketball thrown in there. Shout out to all the guys that made that list. When we come back, we're going to be talking MLB baseball and Cleveland Guardians. You're not going to want to miss it. So stay tuned right here on WZIP. Welcome back to Sports Power Talk right here on Z88. We are back for our second segment of today's show. Talked a little bit of Zips football, some other Zips athletics, but we're not done with Zips athletics, so stick with us through the whole show. You'll want to hear what we have to say. But before we get into that, let's get into America's pastime, the Major League Baseball segment. And guys, this segment is a good one here on WZIP. It's one that is built up from the ground. Lots of baseball talk ahead. So let's jump right into it. Starting off with the NL MVP race between Ronald Acuna Jr. and Mookie Betts. Pat, I'm going to flip it over to you because our, our, our friend Mitch Bates over here is not the biggest baseball guy I've ever met in my life. So we'll start with you, Pat. Um, what are you thinking in this in this MVP race? Give it to Ronald Acuna. He is making history right now. And here's the thing. I, here's the thing. I love Mookie Betts. I really I don't like the Dodgers, but I do love Mookie Betts as a player. But Ronald Acuna has just been different this year, especially when you consider the level of injury that he had last season. To come out this year, have 30 home runs and 60 stolen bases. The first time in MLB history that any player has done that, mind you. No debate. He should 110% be the NL MVP. Without a shadow of a doubt in my mind, it is not even close. It should be unanimous that Ronald Acuna wins the MVP. Yeah, I would have to agree with you. I think it's insane. And even hearing that number of the amount of bases stolen and comparing that to Betts' amount of bases stolen this year, which is 10, I think that's outrageous. And it it just feels like he's better in pretty much every category and... I'm like I was saying. I'm not mad if they give it to either guy because I only started appreciating Mookie Betts because of his name. I really like that <laughs> name. But you know, it feels like it feels like I know which direction this is going, and I'm definitely not mad at it. Yeah, I would agree. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna agree with Pat. I'm gonna go with mm-hmm. Acuna. Just right right you, off the you rip. Have to. I mean, yeah, he's been just so impressive this season. Like. When you suffer an injury kind of the level that he did, you don't really expect to see the same player, I guess, right? Like, when you see somebody suffer that injury, it's like, you don't expect to see that same player. It's kind of like, you know, almost like, whenever I see, like, a severe injury, I think about Paul George in a way, right? Where it's like, Paul George is still dominant, but let's be honest, ever since his horrible, horrible leg injury, he's not been the same that we saw before then, right? Because you have to be more careful. Athletes tend to... You know, play a little bit more passive. They don't play with the same passion. They don't, don't want to get hurt again. But Ronald Acuna has come out and just impressed me this season. Like I am, I'm shocked that he was. I at first when I saw he was in the MVP race, I was like, I don't know how I feel about that. But after the season that he has managed to put together, like I said, without a shadow of a doubt in my mind, that man should win the NL MVP. And here's unanimously. why. And here's why. Acuna is the first player in MLB history. To have 30 home runs and 60 stolen bases in one season. 
you can't you can't argue with the facts because if Shohei Otani won the AL MVP last year because we have never seen a, a player a two way player so dominant as he has like as he has been you know making MLB history and everything last season there's zero there's no way that you don't give Ronald Acuna Jr. the NL MVP there's just no way no. I absolutely agree. Ronald Acuna is my pick for sure. Another award that is in the running is the AL Cy Young. And right now it's between Bautista, Cole, Gossman, Castillo, Kirby, Valdez. At least those are my my people that I think would be potentials. Pat and Mitch, do you agree with any of those names for the AL Cy Young, or would you take a dark horse? I would love to take a dark horse. Oh, let's hear it. So... This is going to be a little bit of a homer. Oh my me. goodness! Here we go, <laughs> Pat Weber. Every you know single time Pat Weber is on these airwaves, but he said, me, I, "This I is going to be a little bit of a homer take." <laughs> All right, I've heard that same statement for four years at WZIP. It's going to be a little bit of a homer statement, and it doesn't get old, does it? No, it <laughs> I think I think the dark horse pick that I would also throw into the pool that is there is Tanner Bybee. You can't tell me I'm wrong, but he should win AL Rookie of the Year. Are you telling me that I can't tell you that you're wrong? <laughs> because really, you're so wrong. How am I wrong about that? Too Look young. at his stats. Look at all these other guys, man. I don't care. Dominance. He has been dominant for us. 10-3 and three with a 3 ERA. Like, that is good. Like, that's Rookie of the Year. Like He should at least win Rookie of the Year. I'd give him that. And I think he could also legitimately be a dark horse contender. Like, legitimately, I think he could be considered. I think he is going to be considered, but obviously, probably not going to win it because, like you said, he's he's young. He's a rookie. If only, but, if only we had the sounder of Russell Westbrook saying, what? What are you talking about, man? <laughs> talking about, man. Really? All right. <laughs> but, you know, finish your, finish your thought, Pat. No, I just... I, I can agree with what you're saying where he is very young, so I don't think he would win it, but I do think that his name should be in... I, th- I think his name I don't, should be talked about. I don't think it has anything to do with being young. I think it has everything to do for he plays for the Cleveland Guardians who are slumping. So? And small market teams don't win the Cy Young. It's Shane Bieber. That, that's a fluke. <laughs> really? Really? <laughs> not a fluke on him. A fluke like that. We're a not flu- a fluke that he won it. The Guardians are not place. a team that produces. Like they are a team that produces these guys, but they don't get looks like that. Yeah, because the spotlight's not on us, right? Like you'll see. The Why would it on be? The, true. <laughs> I mean, I can see what you're saying, right? Where like you see traditionally like Cy Young winners are like you know they play for the Dodgers, they play for I don't know if they still had all the you know big market teams like the Mets, Yankees, um, you know. Any any big market team, but then when it comes to like smaller market teams, you're right. Like you don't, you don't really see them that often. Yeah, you could though. We could, maybe, but more than likely not. Mitch, what are you thinking? Yeah, I was gonna go with Garrett Cole, and that is somebody that you included on your list, mm-hmm. and he's been a runner up to receive the award twice now, and recently he has been playing his worst baseball. And his worst game to date was two weeks ago against the Boston Red Sox. But it's it was the insane amount of production that came from him near the beginning of the season. I think that that could outlast the hard times that he's going through right now. And I have a strong belief that it's his award to lose. I was going to say, I'm glad 
I'm glad that you brought up that it could outweigh because where you were going with that, I was going to clown you, Mitch. I was going to say you're pretty much shading every possible reason as to why he wouldn't win this award. Right. But then you, you came back in the clutch with the explanation, <laughs> so I'll give it to you. I appreciate it, man. But, yeah, Garrett Cole was my pick as well, uh, despite what's going on recently, for the same reasons that you said. I think Garrett Cole, it's his award to lose. I'm, I'm not... Not sure where Pat pulled Tanner Bybee from okay, on that one. Listen, you know that he's having a stellar season. That's like all I'm thinking about is like we okay, so the Guardians as a team, obviously, we are not having a fantastic season this year. The season has not been very fun, especially to our pitching rotation. I've never seen a pitching rotation have so many injuries at one time. I haven't. But he has stepped up big time. So I think that I don't think he'll win it, but I think he should be in the consideration for it, considering how he has been like the lone ace of this team, and he's a rookie. He's like our go-to guy right now, and he he's a rookie, and I think that should be at least something to be considered when you take into account like the names that you're putting in there. I do think that what he's been able to do on the mound for a team that's struggling like us should be taken into consideration just a little bit. Okay, you you gained a little bit back on that explanation, Pat, but still delusional. I know, but that's your thing, Pat. That's your thing. Just like I, I'm pretty sure you were the last DJ that was in here because I'm looking at black and yellow pulled up over oh, here. Oh, yep. You know and, exactly that was me. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you're delusional Guardians fan, delusional Steelers fan, delusional okay. Zips fan. Because, hey, you know what? But while we're on the topic of Pat being delusional, about two or three weeks ago, Pat tells these airwaves that he placed a bet on Akron to win the national championship. Oh, we're bringing this up now. <laughs> oh, I'm bringing it up because uh. I meant to bring it up last segment. Dumb in itself, first of all. <laughs> Akron's up 21-7 to seven yesterday. I, and Pat uh, ups the bet by $20. <laughs> I, I did. I, I decided. I was like, wow, I feel really good about this program. For a bet. national championship? <laughs> let me. Okay, listen. No, no. There's no let me, Pat. <laughs> no you're, I, I, way I you're serious. Myself. I can't explain myself on that one. That was just, I'm not kidding you. Like, I swear the minute I, like, was like, let's do this. Like, come on. Let, let's just, like, let's do this. Like, I, minute, know. I swear to God, the minute I did that, the entire team just crumbled. And I'm sitting there like, <laughs> oh, my. Like, what so, Akram, if you're listening... The man whose fault it truly is is not DJ Irons, is not Joe Moorhead. I cursed His name is Pat Weber, and he's sitting at WZIP right now. I think I cursed the team. <laughs> like, I, yeah, um, not, not, my, uh, not my proudest one, obviously. Um, yeah, moving on from that, though. Yeah, I'll let you. I'll <laughs> I don't, don't you... want to think about that anymore. <laughs> yeah, um, Patrick Weber, wait, what, what sports book did you use? Um, I like to use DraftKings. Okay. So, um, on behalf of DraftKings, I would like to thank you for the donation. For the, for the donation to, of $21. <laughs> to DraftKings. <laughs> but. Hey, hear me out. You know, we it's only, we're only 0-1. There's still time to make up last crap. For a national <laughs> championship. Yeah, you're laughing at your own misery. <laughs> Pat, if you wanted to uh, throw $20 away, I would have let you buy me lunch. Fair. I, that, listen, at least at least the money would have been well spent instead wow. of just I appreciate that instead of throwing it away, man. <laughs> oh man. Well, let's let's stick. Let's jump back into the MLB before we rat on Pat anymore. <laughs> uh, the on the other side of the league, the NL Cy Young race, in my opinion, is between Snell, Strider, Gallon, Steele, and I'll pitch it over to you, Pat. Are you taking any of those names, or is this also a dark horse for you? 
it's got to be Blake Snell, man. Yeah. It it has to be. I know his record doesn't show exactly how dominant he is because he does have a 12-9 and nine record. So, you know, not the greatest, but you can't deny the fact that he is first in his ERA. He is third in strikeouts. You cannot look over that. This man is electric on the mound. 2.5 ERA. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Again, his record doesn't show how good he really is. And without a doubt, it should be Blake Snell. He is utterly dominant on the mound. Yeah, that's the definition of a strikeout pitcher. I had the exact same pick. I had Blake Snell. And I wanted to mention Spencer Strider as the runner-up, in my opinion, because I feel like the top pick was so unanimous that I should have a runner-up prepared. And I think Spencer Strider is also an amazing pitcher. And I could use the word overpowering to describe his pitching style, but I think Blake Snell, and I believe Logan is on the same page as me as well, would unanimously take this award. Yeah, Blake Snell is unanimously the answer for me as well. Not much of a debate on this panel. Uh, give us your thoughts, though, like through our text line, 330-972-8888. Give us your thoughts on the AL or NL Cy Young race or Pat Weber's delusions. We want to hear from <laughs> you throughout this this incredible show, testing out our new test, text line. Wow, that's a mouthful. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we do want to hear from you, whether it's on Twitter or at WZIP Sports or through our text line. Once again, 330-972-8888. Do not text and drive. But if you're at home or in your car parked somewhere, shoot us a message and we'll read it on air. Could be cool. Could be a fun time. But let's move on to our next MLB topic, which is the Angels. The Angels are a team that have Shohei Otani, Mike Trout, but they're a team that just seems to That's never it. be successful. That's it. Well, yep. it it's hard and to my, be successful. My right? topic was the Angels have put quite literally everyone on wa- waivers this week. It's obvious <laughs> they're trying to clear house to try to pay Shohei Otani. Like, I don't think, like, do you guys also agree with that? Like, I think it is, like, glaringly obvious that they're clearing house because they need to be able to afford Shohei Otani. Do you think? Do you think Shohei Otani makes that much of a difference at this point? With his injury and how his performance has dropped, I don't think so. Personally, and I think the fact that he, the Angels, are continuing to play him while he's you know not a hundred percent and he's not a hundred percent healthy, you're you're damaging like your diamond, in my opinion. Right, Shohei Otani is your diamond, right? You're damaging him. By making him do that, you need to straight up get him off the diamond if he is really not healthy. You cannot afford to have him get hurt because here's the thing Shoei Otani, we all know that even if the Angels pay him, his trade value is out of this world. Like, if he got traded to another team, it would be one of the biggest moves in MLB history. But if he's going to continue to play while he's injured, he's just going to get worse and his market value is going to plummet. And I just don't think the Angels realize that because the Angels, I'm going to be honest, they are a poorly, poorly managed organization. Like, very poorly managed organization. And I think it's, like, obvious that, like, again, you know, Shoyotani and Mike Trout both, some of the best players in the MLB. There is no doubt about it. But, you know, maybe if you don't try to play your stars when they're injured and not 100% healthy and then make their injuries worse, the Angels would be a little bit better off in terms of, you know, where they stand, not needing to make all these extra cuts. But... That's for them to live and learn, I guess. But I, it's just disappointing for me to see, you know, somebody with the caliber and the talent of Shohei Otani, and to see that, you know, the delusional management just won't let him rest. And the thing you got to realize too is, 
even if Shohei's out here saying, I'm fine, I can still play, you've got to know whether it be on the coaching staff or whether it has to be anybody in that front office, somebody has to just step in and say, listen, we know you want to play, but you're not healthy, you can't play. Yeah. Like, you, you have to. Like, the athletes, there's the athlete's health has to come first. Everything else comes second. And I think the Angels have that completely backwards because they want to win first. They want to get fans in the seats. That's great, right? Everybody wants to win. Everybody wants fans in the seats. But you have to take care of your athletes. And they're not doing a very good job of that. I think they're viewing it in the aspect of we simply can't allow a player this good of this caliber to walk off for nothing to another team. And you see that a lot in sports where teams end up paying a guy that is absolutely amazing, but I feel like they pay them out of, I just don't want to lose him. It's not even necessarily, I think this guy can take us over the hump and win us you know, a championship within the next couple of years. It might be out of fear of what he does should he leave the team. And I don't know if it's comparable. I think the front office may see it comparable like with Jalen Brown in the Boston Celtics where I'm pretty sure everyone can agree that's not really a player that deserved that big of a contract at all. But the front office is kind of looking at it like he's a player that we need to be successful, I don't want to see this player go to another team and win them a championship, and now we're sitting here with regrets. So I feel like that's possibly the situation. I agree with you that the injury management that came with this entire situation was just ridiculous. And so many teams do that these days where they just want the athletes to get out there, so they selfishly hold back their injury concerns for them, and they tell them to go out there. And that could come back to bite them, but... I, I just think that's the Angels' mindset with this situation, and I don't know if it's going to work out for them. But as far as clearing house, if that's the strategy you're going for to sign them, then go right ahead. And we've seen multiple times where organizations all across, you know, every single league in the entire world, we've seen where if they can't afford to pay somebody, they'll just start cutting. Mm-hmm. Like, they have to. They have to, well, they have to cut what they think is dead weight. But in reality, they're just hurting themselves because you're throwing these high-quality players just out there in free agency for anybody to pick up. And that's what's going to come back and bite them, I think, is that you know they threw away a lot of really, really good players just because I think they're trying to you know save up as much money as they can so they can't afford to pay Shohei Otani. Because like, let's even... be honest, if anybody's going to pick up Shohei Otani, if it's not the Angels, it's going to be the Dodgers. <laughs> they're the only ones that have that type of money. The Dodgers and the Yankees. And I really don't want to see Shohei Otani in either one of those unis. Shohei Otani and the Yankees would be painful. I would I would <laughs> I would bleach my eyes. I don't know if I could look at that. <laughs> I can't. That I can't. Would be painful. It's like let, let I the Yankees be bad. Let them continue to be bad, please. Like I'm so fine. <laughs> like we don't have to make like the Guardians don't have to make the postseason. As long as the Yankees finish last, I don't care. And that wow. is like that is it. As long as the Yankees finish last, the season is successful. Yeah. Do you think that them getting rid of all these guys and re-signing Otani? Do you think that even like does what they're trying to accomplish? Because at the end of the day, every team is just trying to win the championship. That's for any team in any sport, any league. They're just trying to win it all. And with with a player like this, you can't be thinking about anything else. Like, that's why you're bringing him back and giving him the contract you're about to give him. You want him to win your championship. Do you think he can even do that? No, because they're cutting the depth on their roster that they need to build around him. Like, I'm sorry, but, like, obviously we'll touch on it, like, a little bit later on, but, like, the Reds, for example, right? They signed Hunter Renfro. 
there's no way and no reason in my mind that Hunter Renfro should have been a free agent to begin with. Mm-hmm. Like, there is no way that they cut Hunter Renfro so they can still afford to sign Shohei Otani. Because now you have teams that are going to just swoop in, pick up your players because they want to make a playoff run. They want to make that extra push, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, again, like, there's no way that he should have been a free agent at all. At all. He's one of the most consistent players on your team, and you just drop him because you want to be able to afford Shohei Otani. Yeah, it's part of the having no one to back up the stars and just pushing that star and saying, you're you're going to carry us. But it's... I, I hate to see when, you know, stuff like that happens because it's like that's what really will either make or break that player. And more often than not, we see it break that player mm-hmm. because, you know, they get injured, but they're continuously pushed to still get out there and play, and they can't do it. They need to take that little bit of a break, and, they, and they're not allowed. And I think it's like, I don't know, I think it's it, it just kind of is like, why? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't think some of these, like, front offices realize, like, hey, your athletes are people, too. Mm-hmm. They're not oh, yeah. like I know. I know they make you money. That's awesome. But like they're people too. Their health is just as important as anybody else's. Like they have to like Pat looking out for the invest. people. <laughs> I'm just saying. Pat like I, I kind of care a lot about this. Like I mean, it, this kind of stuff is kind of why I am here at the university for like sports management, sports medicine a little bit. I've been more intrigued with the side of sports medicine just a tiny bit. Mm-hmm. And I just think that you know when when you can't take care of your athletes, then like. I don't think you should, like, own a team at all. Like, you have to take care of your athletes because I promise you take care of your athletes, like, you will be fine. But if you don't, then you see what we've been seeing with Mike Trout and Shohei Otani where now it's like, you know, Mike Trout came into the league and everybody's like, this guy is going to be the next best player. But now I look at Mike Trout like I look at Anthony Davis. I'm like, wow. I'm like, if I hit this guy with a piece of paper, his bones are going to break. Like, <laughs> like that, that that's where it's at, and it's just it's kind of disappointing, I'd say. Yeah, it's funny to see the problem kind of like alter in different sports because you'll see like basketball, they'll be doing load management, and the fans get mad about it. And I think it depends on the context of where you use it. Like, are they injured, and are you managing the load because of that, or are you just managing the load because it's Kawhi Leonard or LeBron James or something like that? So. I think baseball should strongly consider more load management, especially because of the amount of games that take place in an MLB season. But it, we know that the management for most teams is greedy, and they're going to try to get the money first and get the wins first and push that player out there. And Facts. That's how sports management can be for a lot of different teams that we have today. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get into some Guardians talk before we head to our second break of the show. Starting off with Josh Naylor, who has been rehabbing all week with the Akron Rubber Ducks. Pretty cool site for Akron fans and Akron students who have discounted tickets. Get to check out. Uh, What are your expectations for Josh Naylor when he comes back to the Guardians? I'm expecting him to pick up where he left off. Honestly, I mean, he's one of the most consistent bats in our lineup still. And we've been kind of we've we've been playing better, I'd say. But having him back in the lineup is definitely going to help. Yeah, I 100% agree. I don't think there's anything else to say other than he's going to pick up right where he left off and keep being the player that he was before. Yeah, I agree. He's had a couple good showings for the Akron Rubber Ducks. Hopefully, he will be headed back to the Guardians here soon. On the other side of the Naylor situation, Bo Naylor has been really heating up for the Cleveland Guardians. Lots of good production for him, even though the Guardians have been struggling. What are your expectations for Bo Naylor the remainder of the season? 
I have pretty high expectations, honestly. I think that Bo Naylor could be one of the best catchers that we have in our franchise. It's been so long since we've had a really good catcher, in my opinion. I think Bo Naylor is like, I think we've, I think we might have found our guy for a long time. And I think like all he's got to do is just you know help us close out the season, whether we make the playoffs or not. I know we really don't have great odds of making the playoffs anymore, but as long as he just continues to do what he's doing, as long as his bat's consistent, I think the sky's the limit for this kid. He's so young, too, and that's something that's great when you see a great player that's so young, and you know he's just going to do it for years on years, but then when we get to contract talks is where the Guardians kind of it's like, see all right, fall off. see ya. We'll send you to the uh, New York Mets. Yeah, we'll build you up so you can <laughs> go somewhere else. But, yeah, I think he's going to be great for the rest of the season, too. And there's nothing else that I would expect from him. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree about Bo Naylor. Uh, the Guardians have won two in a row against the Tampa Bay Rays. Both were come from behind wins. Does this show you guys any hope for the remainder of the season? Because the Guardians' current playoff odds are 5%. Yeah, um, not feeling great about it, I'll be honest with you. We're at a point in the year where if you're basically not, you know, already first, especially when you're talking about, like, our division, you're not making the playoffs. That's where we're at. We're in crunch time now. And unless the Twins just literally lose out, there's, like, really no chance that we have of making the postseason. Yeah, I didn't see them making the postseason anyway. And it was about putting together a strong, momentum-filled run at the end of the year, going 6-4 and four in your last 10. I mean, it's good, but it's not It's not like the other top teams, which are 7-3. and three. I see 9-1 and one from the Braves, you know, and they are better teams than us. And But I just, I just wanted to see a little bit more momentum build up and starting to get more excitement built on the Guardians team. I don't think that's happened. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. It hasn't happened, and with the playoff chances being so low, any form of excitement that we can find, I think I would probably ju- I would probably take it and run with it. Is the best way to put it. Um, we're about to head into our last break of the hour, and it's time for a very very fun segment that was created not too long ago by our former sports director, Mr. Jake Mern. And that is the MLB Player of the Week segment. This is a segment where each analyst and myself picks any player in the MLB for any reason to be their personal player of the week. So I'm going to toss it over to you guys first. I'm guessing one of you is going to have the same pick as me. I'll let you guys decide who wants to go first. Yeah, you can go ahead and take it away, Pat. Right. Um, i got to give it to Ronald Acuna since he did make history mm. this past week, obviously with his 30 home runs, 60 stolen bases. I can't overlook that fact at all. You know, you have somebody out here doing that for the first time in the history of the MLB, the longest-running sports league in the United States of America. i, I got to give it to Ronald Acuna. Yeah, I was just going to go in the opposite direction and go Mookie Betts. That was <laughs> Yep. And I knew that was Logan's pick, too. And I feel like he deserves a recognition, too, since I don't wow. believe he'll win the MVP. But I'm giving it to Mookie. Yep, I'm giving it to Mookie Betts, too. Mitch Bates just likes to steal my picks. So <laughs> it happens right. every time I'm on It really do does, it. though, honestly. That's going to do it for our MLB segment. When we come back for our second hour of the show, we have a couple miscellaneous topics that we're going to get to talk about. And I'll explain that when we come back. Also, 
hot mic if you haven't got your questions in either via Twitter at WZIP Sports or our text line, which once again is 330-972-8888. Now is your chance to get in on Sports Power Talk when we come back right here on Z88. Welcome back to our second hour of this Sunday's Sports Power Talk right here live from the University of Akron on WZIP. Once again, I'm your host, Logan Conger. Joining me on the other side of the desk is Zips enthusiast, Mr. Patrick Weber. Good morning, Akron. And Good afternoon, I should say. Afternoon now, indeed. <laughs> and on the other side of the desk, it's Mr. Mitch Bates, Kent football, Kent Roosevelt football legend. And he's going to get to talk a little bit about some high school football here in this segment. Yeah, I'm excited to do that. How's it going, everyone? Guys, we have a jam-packed segment for you, starting off with Akron Zips men's soccer. Pat, this one is geared directly at you. They've been on a tear recently. They they played Michigan, tied them 1-1. to But before that, Akron was ranked number 22 coming into this matchup against Vermont on, was it... Was it, was it on Tuesday? Monday. 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 Comes in, ranked number 22. Vermont's ranked number 7. Akron upsets Vermont 1-0 to off a Dyson Clapier service. And Akron jumps all the way to number 9. Vermont drops to 22. Let's talk about that one first, Pat. Obviously, a familiar face for us from the summer. Dyson Clapier gets Akron the upset over Vermont. What did you see? What did you like from the zips here? What can I say? But Dyson is just... He is stellar. He is He's a bad man. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I I love I love when it's soccer season because we're so good at it. We're, we dominate in soccer. I'm sorry. We were talking about it a little bit off air, but like I see a reason why we don't win the Big East this year. We're that good. Ooh, yeah, I, I mean, you I get, agree 100%. If you get Dyson hot, like there is no stopping him at all. I am a little bit disappointed at the 1-1 draw against Michigan, but... You know, Big Ten school. I know that's not really, like, an excuse at all because we are, again, we are one of the best programs in the country when it comes to men's soccer. But it was a hard-fought game. I was very impressed with what I saw out of that game. We did look a little bit flat, but, you know, overall to take a 1-1 draw against a major, major opponent like Michigan, I'll take that any day of the week. Yeah, for sure. I think Akron has a lot of good leadership qualities in Sam Toyega, uh, Joey Paulus, Dyson Clapier. Um, who am I missing? Chong. And, uh, yeah, Akron has a lot of good leadership qualities. Will Jackson, that's what I, I couldn't put my finger on it. Will Jackson, another guy that we are very familiar with from the summer. Um, Akron's captains are Toyega, Will Jackson, and Joey Paulus, and I think their leadership is going to be exponential for them this season. Um but yeah, I really liked the win over Vermont. I was there for it, and I, I had a feeling Akron was going to win that one. Honestly, I, I thought Vermont was a little bit overranked in that. Um, but yeah, the Dyson Clapier goal was fantastic. The game before that, I, it's, it's too far in the past to review the whole game. But I do want to touch on: Did you happen to see Chong's yes. goal? <laughs> he smoked that ball. That ball could not have been more perfectly placed. That I exact. I have never seen a more beautiful goal. In my life, I saw that goal, and I had, I think I watched like three or four times. I'm like, no way I'm watching what I'm seeing right now. It was beautiful. But, I mean, to be fair, in that winning over Niagara, mm-hmm. we knew that was coming. Of course. Niagara cannot keep up. I think we played them last year or something. Six to zero for us yeah. in that one. By we're, the way. we're just good. We're like that. And then oh, the touch on Vermont, 
ever since we beat Pitt two years ago when they were ranked number two and we were like, I want to say 19, from that point on, any ranked opponent and any opponent that comes here to First Energy, I immediately go, we're going to beat them. Just straight up, we're going to win. Yeah. So that's why, like, when we were playing Vermont, I was like, we're, we're going to win this game. Like, I don't care what rank they are, we are winning this game one way or another. And sure enough, we did. And I love it. I love when we upset these big ranked opponents because it's like people need to stop disrespecting Akron soccer. We're really good. I know that every year we come in either just under, like we barely missed the cut for being ranked or we're ranked very low. But like we deserve, I think that Akron deserves to be ranked top 15 every single year. Yeah, it's such a <laughs> such a different feeling around men's soccer here at Akron for like even any other sport. And Mitch Bage jumping being, in on the soccer talk. I, I was know. not expecting this. I mean, I, I used to play soccer, so I have an appreciation for the sport. But, Were you good? Were you um, like him? Yeah, I was a dog defender. But, you know, um, I actually being a, well, about to, I just did start my junior year here at Akron. I've never been to a men's soccer game at You Akron. need to change really? that immediately. You need to yeah. go. You need to go. I, need to I would argue, time. I genuinely would argue, I had this argument with Alex Henry the other day. I genuinely would argue that Akron soccer is just as exciting as Akron basketball. Yes. No, I 110% agree. I don't know what And even for a casual, like, I mean, there were people all around me. The girl behind me was like, so how do you score? And I was like, <laughs> what? How do you score in soccer? Hey, yeah, Pat. That, uh, you kick the ball. That is the a clientele net. that we have here at the University of Akron. You, you kick the ball. <laughs> to, okay, I don't know who said that, but whoever you are, you might want to go to Kent State. If you don't know how to <laughs> Go watch their soccer. men's soccer team. Oh, oh wait, wait it doesn't exist. <laughs> and it doesn't matter because we'd win like 11 nothing against them anyway. They wouldn't stand a chance. That entire university stands zero chance against any of our athletic programs. And that's yeah. a fact. Like I was saying, also, I had a very slow moment where I actually uh, met Dyson in class and had no idea who he was. <laughs> I was like, hey, what's your I name? I can't buddy? lie, man. Dyson kind of scary at first. <laughs> Dyson scared me a little bit at first, but he's such a nice guy once you actually yeah. talk to him. But I lie, yeah. I'm, he, I'm glad he's scary because he scares defenders on the field. That's why I said he's a bad man. He's a dog. But he is a dog. That's funny that you <laughs> met him. Yeah, and I had no idea. I was just like, what's your name? And we even had to loop around for the icebreaker to come back. And they're like, do you remember his name? And I'm like, bro, I have no idea. <laughs> like, no shot. Remember his name, Mitch. He's going to be a legend. <laughs> I, I he's going to the league. No, I'm, I'm arguing he's going overseas. Quote me on that. Quote me on that. He'll be overseas in, I a, see in one of the top five leagues. I can see it. In one of the top five. 100%. To me, like, mm-hmm. I see no reason. And if he's not in top five, I say he still plays in the championship. Easy. He's that good. He's that good. Oh, I absolutely agree. Let's switch over to the Michigan game, as you mentioned, Pat. Uh, Akron goes down 1-0. This game was played yesterday. Akron goes down 1-0. And then... I believe it was Jason Shukaluk was the goal. I'm double-checking that now before uh, it I... was. Jason Shukaluk, equalizer, toward the end of the game, ties 1-1. Uh, what did you like? You just mentioned, how did you feel about a, a draw in this one? It was... And I think we got lucky on Shukaluk's goal. We we did, but like looking at the looking at the stats, we dominated that game as a whole. Um, you know, obviously... You know, taking a draw with the level of talent that we do have in this program is a little bit like, eh. You know what I mean? Like, it, it hurts to take the draw. Um, the only plus side about the draw is, again, it was against a Big Ten opponent. It was against Michigan. Like, we're talking one of the biggest schools in the world. 
We took a draw with their Ew. men's program. I know. I don't like Michigan either. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we take the draw. I, I can't be too mad about it because it also doesn't affect our conference record. It was an out-of-conference, you know, game. It doesn't affect what we're doing. And if we drop down the rankings a little bit, that's fine. I don't care what anybody says. We're still one of the best teams in the country, even after we take this 1-1 draw. We're still proving that no matter what team you put us against, we are going to compete and we're going to dominate. Even though, like I said, it was only a 1-1 draw, but we dominated that game across the board. So I'll, I'll take it as Looking at the stats, Akron had 14 shots. Michigan had four. Akron had nine corner kicks. Michigan had four. I... Yeah, I would definitely argue that Akron dominated the game and just got unlucky on the Michigan goal. I, I think we did, but, you know, you can't let that get to you. I think at the end of the day, which what they got to take away is you just took a draw with Michigan. Like, don't hang your head about that. We're still one of the best teams in the entire country. Right. So look and forward to the next game. And they're still sitting at 2-0-1. and oh and one. You didn't lose. Exactly. We're still, technically, we still have the perfect season going. For and sure. that's what you have to focus on. But, like, let's be honest, coming up in this next game, you don't have to worry about anything. Southern Indiana? Uh, yeah, I don't think Southern Indiana is, like, I've never even heard of them. No, I... But like, straight up... I think I, this is a Niagara-esque game for the Zips. Oh, yeah, we'll win by, like, five or six. I'd yeah. say, easy. Now, Pat, on the other side of the ball, I'm not as thrilled to talk about this one because I do love this team, and I really want to see them be successful, especially considering one of our own is part of this team, Abby Coley. And I'm talking about Zips Women's Soccer. Today, they play at home at 1 p.m. immediately following our show today. I'm going to head over there and watch that. They lost to Dayton 5-2 to on Thursday. This game was perfectly played by Akron in the first half, and they were up 2-0, to and then... It was tied. They were up two to zero. Then it was tied, two to two. Akron loses five to two. That Dayton comes out and just has a field day, a literal field day in the <laughs> second the half. Um, Akron's two goals were scored by Katie Stafford and Emma King, both very successful players for the Zips women's soccer team. Jen Simonetti is in her second year as head coach, so still a lot to build on. But uh, what did you make of the collapse against Dayton? Honestly, again, looking at the stats. I'm sorry, but the fact that we allowed 27 shots is outrageous to me. For sure. Like, that's borderline, like, hockey stats. For anybody out there who wants to, like, you know, maybe make a comparison, that's like hockey stats. Like, you'll see 27 shots in one period of hockey. You don't see 27 shots in a game of soccer. You just don't. Like, I thought the 14 that we were talking about on the men's side, 14 shots is even, like, an astounding amount. But 27 all props to Akron, though. Though ten saves on on the, on the day, you can't you can't really help. But you know, I, I know we lost five two, but you can't help but appreciate. Sarah Bauer had a nice game and goal. You, you you can't help but you know not appreciate. Because I'm sorry, but other you know, than ten the, saves on twenty seven shots, it's not really bad. good. No, yeah. it's really good. But there's no way that she should be facing twenty seven. There's no way that there's yeah, that's shots a going that's on. a back line issue. It, it is, and I mm, I just the, Dayton came out in that second half and just dominated. They were just like, you know, it was one of those things where, like, I know it's a popular saying in sports, but it's, you know, you keep your hand on their throat. You don't let them up. And they didn't let us up. They did not let us up at all. And, I mean, Dayton's a good program. Dayton is a good program. And I just think I, I'm, I'm going to give the Zips a little more time as they're still kind of building. Like I mentioned, it's Coach Simonetti's second year. And they're still they're still finding this their is a team program identity. that's looking for an identity. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. They're still going. They're we're, a gritty we're team. 
And uh, Jen Simonetti is a great coach, and I know for sure that she will be able to get the Zips in a position to win sometime in the near future. Uh, like I mentioned, the Zips have a game today at First Energy Stadium versus Boston College. It is Youth Day for the women's team, which should be a fun one. Uh, Pat, what are your expectations against Boston College today? Uh, I'm expecting us to go out there and compete. I'm not going to lie. I, I, don't, I wouldn't say I'd expect a win coming out of this because Boston College is a pretty sound program, uh, but I'd expect at least a draw. I expect us to really go out there and compete today, um, especially coming off that you know really quite terrible loss against Dayton. I think that the, the women out here, they're going to come out with a fire. In them, right? I think we're going to compete very well against Boston College. I think it's going to be a fantastic game. I'm honestly kind of looking forward to it because, like I said, I think we're going to come out here and compete today. I really, genuinely think we have a chance to come out and show everybody, hey, we, you know, we know we came off of two really tough losses. We're still finding, you know, the identity of this team, figuring out, you know, the ins and outs, working on team chemistry. But just go out there and compete. You know, we you got a really good game coming up after the Boston College game against Wright State. I say take the draw today against Boston College. Focus on Wright State because at that point, the Wright State game, you should go in there and win. I think these next two games are going to be the games where they really do find their team identity, and I think that's when we're going to see a a change in the program and in the culture around the uh, women's team. I think we're going to see them find their identity in these next two games, and it's going to be a problem when they do. Absolutely. I totally agree. Uh, they'll be on the right track here soon. A couple, Like you mentioned, a couple games, a couple winnable games coming up, and... Uh, if you haven't, if you haven't had the chance to ever talk with Coach Simonetti, you should. She's an insightful coach, and um, I, I think the key to the game against Boston College today is grit. And I took that directly, a direct quote from Coach Simonetti: "Grit is the key for Akron women's soccer against against Boston College today." But it should be a fun one over at First Energy Stadium. If you got any kids, it is Youth Night. Head on over, check Bring it out. out. It's a great, it's a great event, and you won't want to miss it. But yeah, let's move away from Akron soccer, and I'm going to finally bring Mitch Bates back in, although he did step in. I didn't think he was going to step in during the entire duration of that soccer segment. But Mitch, before we head into Hot Mike, let's talk a little bit of high school football, man. And Pat, I want to bring you in on this too. All right. Um, before we get to Mitch's take or takes on high school football, let's each let's each talk about the current state of our alma mater's football team. Okay? I'm going to pitch it to... Pat first because I know um, Pat loves his own town so much. So let's hear it, Pat. Tell tell the listeners where you went to high school and what what you experienced and then what, what it's like now. <laughs> so um, for those of you who don't know, I am not native to the Northeast Ohio area. I am a Southern Ohio born and raised right outside of Dayton, Ohio in the small city of Springfield. Uh, I went to Springfield's very own Catholic Central for all 12 years of school, K-12. through I was a fighting Irish. Still very proud to be a fighting Irish, even though, you know, don't care for the city um, so much. But the program that I was originally brought into and kind of grew up watching in my young days, phenomenal program. Very competitive, you know, fun times to go out Friday night. Um, Then I played football. We didn't win a game for four years. Uh, Wow. Senior night, we got blown out by uh, our rivals in Madison Plains, 77 to nothing. They didn't take out their starters the whole game. They started the game with an onside kick, and, you know, we really weren't worth it. Um, right now, though, the state of the Catholic Central football program, we are on the come up. Last year, we did make the playoffs. We started this year, actually. We only have 13 players on the roster, and we came out and we beat one of our biggest opponents of the season the other day. I believe it was 21-7 with only 13 players on our roster. Yep, 21-6. 21-6? Yep. I'm, I'm impressed. I, I've been very impressed with the culture change around the football program. Um, obviously, I'd love to see more people out there playing football at Central because 
you know, there, there's a nickname for the field that we do play on, Hallen Ian Field. It's called God's Field. Um, although, personally, I don't think God's ever looked at that field once. <laughs> but um, something about Catholic Central and its history in Springfield and everything that's brought to the table with, you know, countless state championships and everything that we've managed to do there, it's, it's a school that it does get a lot of hate in the city of Springfield. From you. I don't really hate on my school. <laughs> I hate on the city. I don't really hate on my school that much. Because, um, like I said, I am still very proud to be, you know, a former, well, you know, technically still am an alumnus of the uh, Catholic Central Fighting Irish, but I'm not I'm not too upset where the program's at. They just need some more players out there. And I think they'll be just fine. But there's definitely been a culture change in that where I think we're starting to gain more ground on football again, and I'm really excited to see that. Your turn, Mitch. Let's hear it. Kent Roosevelt football legend. Oh yeah, well you know I'm I'm gonna hold up on that because that was one of the four games that I was going to bring up during my little my little run here. So maybe we can look at uh, Stillman Row Falls for you, Logan, and we can see. Man, ooh, <laughs> don't do me like that. <laughs> uh, I think Stowe will be back, man. It's it's just been it's been down so far. Uh, I I I can be fully honest. I my opinion doesn't mean much. I haven't paid all that much of attention as I should, but I still love my alma mater. Um, I'm sure Coach Porter will have it turned around over there soon. They got a couple of good players on their roster. Uh, when I was growing up, Kyle Van Treese was that guy. First though, <laughs> Kyle Van Treese, um ended up playing for Buffalo and tore up the Akron Zips more than once. And then he transferred to Georgia Southern and had a career year there. Uh, I remember him. I remember both of the Gobble brothers running around, Jason and uh, Joe. Uh, lots of good memories at... Ron Moorhofer Stadium, that's still Monroe Falls. Uh, so hopefully Coach Poter can get the boys pumped and turn around. I'm rooting for him. Go Bulldogs. Gotta love it. Gotta love Stowe. <laughs> Lots of successful times there. Uh, but Mitch, let's jump right into it, what you wanted to get to. Um, talk about your, your featured games. Yeah, I'll quickly run past Stowe because Logan just basically did that. They lost to Jackson on Friday, 34 nothing. So not the greatest showing by <laughs> Stowe. They're 0-3 on the season right now. And the game should get a slight bit easier as we go on, but just not a great start for Stowe. And I'm not used to it because Stowe is the team that Kent Roosevelt had to drop because they would always beat up on us. So it's interesting to see. But looking around the area and looking at Canton South, Canton South Wildcats, they are 3-0 and right now. They just defeated Sandy Valley on Friday from a score 35-27. And this was interesting to me because when Kent Roosevelt played Canton South, they were the game on our whole schedule that we knew we were going to win. And it was really interesting to see the switch in the momentum of that program. And see, now they're 3-0. They beat Dover. They beat St. Clairsville. And... Now they beat Sandy Valley, so it'll be interesting to see how they finish out their schedule. They have some familiar teams like CBCA that they're still going to play, so we'll have to look at that and see how that goes. Also in the area, Archbishop Hoban. Always a team to watch. Always a team to watch for the entire state of Ohio. Do you want to talk about your uh, senior year (laughs) against... Hoban, how how what are your uh, what are your thoughts on Archbishop Hoban? You know what's crazy is I don't think you needed to bring that up, but <laughs> since, Poor Mitch. You, since you did, <laughs> <laughs> 
Kent Roosevelt versus Hoban in my senior year was the football game where I felt the most powerless I've ever felt in a situation. <laughs> like, I've never felt that powerless while playing football. And for for those who don't know, that was the COVID season where we only played seven games. Three of the games just didn't happen. And we played Hoban and lost 63 to nothing. But, yeah, Hoban is such a good program that... I've, I've seen like their weight room, and their weight room is even better than some collegiate it's weight rooms crazy. that I've seen. I'm See, that's who I'm wow. throwing on high school football is the Walsh Jesuit Warriors. Mm-hmm. Walsh Jesuits on a tear, man. Walsh Nick Alexander has turned this program around for Walsh. Uh, they just beat St. Francis de Sales. They beat Erie McDowell. I forget who they played week one, but they beat them as well. Walsh is currently three and zero. This is a program when I was growing up that did not have much success at all, and now, like I mentioned, Nick Alexander has brought a new a whole new environment to the Walsh Jesuit locker room. And it's cool to see them succeed. It's Nick's a great guy. Um, all love to him in that program. But that that's my dark horse this year. I'm telling you right now, book it, write it down, save this, po- save this podcast when it comes out as a podcast. The Walsh Jesuit Warriors, are they will beat Hoban, and it will be a wide margin. Wow. That's a bold take. That's I mean, a very bold day. Yeah, that's, that's very extremely bold. I'm just saying, this is the year for Walsh. Listen, I wow. thought we were saving the like. Listen, I thought we were saving <laughs> the delusions for like our side yeah, well, over here. That but that might be now. wild. That you. is outlandish. I got, I got to support. They, I, I respect the support, but that's just crazy. They've started hot, though. I see what you mean. Scoring 49, 49, and then 48. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's and the game against crazy. Gary McDowell. They were down twenty eight to zero and ended up winning that game. In the second half, forty nine unanswered is amazing. Yep, but ah, I, I can't hop on that. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, that was crazy. Sorry, uh, I, I had to throw that little one in there. <laughs> yeah, they do play Hoban uh, the 29th. so that'll be a really good game, though. Yeah, you you think about going to that game, Logan? I might. Yeah, you might. Yeah, I probably actually no, not might. I'll be there. That's ins- I don't know how you think they're going to be Hoban. Hoban is a different. Hoban's I don't care. Stratosphere. I don't care. I don't care. We're talking about like one of the best programs in the state of Ohio. Probably the best. You ever heard of an, you ever heard of an underdog story? Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Have you take guys it, met me? It. First of all, have you guys met me? I spent a whole year saying the Miami Heat were going to win the NBA championship, <laughs> and they made it to the finals. That's true. That, so, listen, that is, hear my nice. words. I know all. Eh. Look, I'm just going to skip past that before this gets a little <laughs> deep, because I only had two games left, and it was Kent Roosevelt and our rival. I'll start with our, I will start with our rival, because it's amazing. Uh, the Ravenna Ravens, they are 0-3. They lost by a score of 39-14 to 14 to Revere on Friday. And it's beautiful for me to see. I'm happy. You know, I would never wish any kind of success on Ravenna. And it's going to feel good to see them go winless this season. So we will move past them <laughs> to the real football team in Ohio, the Kent Roosevelt Rough Riders. We... One on Friday, we beat Lakewood 
ten to seven, not the craziest score. <laughs> but Lakewood was two. Well, they were two and zero oh at that point. We beat them. Now they're two and one. We move back up to two and one. We play Cuyahoga Falls next Friday. That's a win. You all know what's going to happen in that game. So Falls will keep you looking better though. Yeah, but what is better to them? Like they get blown out by thirty every game last season, and it's situational though, Mitch. You have to understand. But, look, I personally played against Cuyahoga Falls, and it felt like we were playing a JV team. I, like, I'm not kidding at all. It, it was that degree of this program is kind of a joke. And Cuyahoga Falls did beat Springfield, which isn't that hard to do. And they beat North, which also isn't that impressive. But then they got blown out by Firestone. And... We all know Firestone is not the most serious for sure. high school football program, but I do have a question for Logan. Okay. Just how confident are you in that Walsh-Jesuit game? 100% confident. I have, I have a question I'd like to propose. If you're that confident in Walsh-Jesuit, I, I, I do want to say this. <laughs> Would you put them, and this is my Springfield, because I know the Springfield <laughs> you're talking about is the one up here. Yeah. This is my Springfield we're talking about now. Are you? Could they beat my Springfield Wildcats? Yes. They, no. Yes. No. Yes. No. Stop it. You guys that are is outrageous. That is so outlandish. I'm about to throw this mic across the room. <laughs> I'm telling like, you. We're talking to like the Springfield Wildcats, are like a top program in the state. Like they're one of the best teams in the state. Same with like Who? Archbishop Oban. <laughs> oh, really? No way. You're playing that right now. Ooh. Ooh. I'm not responding to that. <laughs> I just think taking it to Hoban is outrageous. You'll see. Because all right, you know what? We'll, but guys, we, we'll, we'll see. You will all see it, but we do have to get to Hot Mike before yeah, we get out. We this could turn into a very long stretch-out argument. But week, <laughs> week 7, September 29th, Walsh Jesuit over Hoban by a wide margin. Book it. Write it down. Don't forget it. <laughs> Logan Congress said it on Z88. But let's get into these Hot Mike questions. And it's starting off with everybody's favorite, and he actually is my favorite now. And i got to play his voice. He loves to hear it every single time. Yeah! And that is Jake Murn, a GOAT, formerly now Logan Congreve, a great. And his first question is, thoughts on the U.S. men's national basketball team losing to Lithuania? I forgot about this, honestly. I meant to bring this up in the, in the miscellaneous segment, and I forgot. So I'm glad this hot mic question comes in. One word, embarrassing. And Thanks. if if the options for Anthony Edwards were pass the ball or become an astronaut, Anthony Edwards would be in space right now. Facts. The, that game was... Just, I don't know. We're talking that we are the best. We have the best athletes in the world. And um, how we aren't just utterly dominating is outrageous to me. Yeah, it's literally, yeah, it's crazy. (laughs) Matt, Matt Permuco, get out of my DMs. I'm just saying that. Um, Next question from Logan Congrove's biggest fan at El Congrove, a great, uh, most overhated candy. This is an easy one. Banana Laffy Taffy. Facts. That's a fact. I will go with that. You is on straight that. from Jake Murn's opinion, and I totally agree with it. Banana Laffy Taffy is, yeah, it gets hate for no reason. Why do people no not like reason? It? It's so good. I don't think it's good. I'm just going to say You what? are delusional. Banana Laffy Taffy is pretty bad. It's so good. Let's just be honest. No. You're delusional. It, like, when I eat banana Laffy Taffy, I get taken back to Friday nights playing football, like, out back behind the end zone. And stuff like you, you run back, and I'm like, "Hey, mom, can I have like fifty cents to go buy a candy?" And you go buy banana laffy taffy and go back to playing football. Like, it's just like key memories, and it tastes really good. You wasted your money, sadly. 
you could have had me. All right, what's your answer then? You don't even have one, do you? <laughs> nope, I just don't agree with yours, sadly. That and I think, I don't know, I feel like nerds ropes, you either love them or hate them, but I think everybody should just like them. I they're think they're good. good. Nerds ropes are perfect. They're so good. That's my favorite candy right now, not gonna lie. Respect. Good answer. Good answer. Next question comes in from Casey Rush. He said, not sure if you saw this, but NFL, NBA, and UFC are all planning to rewrite DMCA laws to shut down illegal live streaming sites. I say put out a better product than what than that, but what are your thoughts? This actually is an interesting topic. Hmm. Well, I'm not going to say that I condone the use of the streaming. WZIP does not condone the use of illegal streaming sites for any. Nor am I going to say that, you know, <laughs> I use them or anything, but uh, no, I agree. Put out a better product. Like, I don't think that, you know, for like the NFL, I don't feel like if I want to watch all the NFL games that I want, I should have to shell out hundreds of dollars to do that. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I shouldn't have to do that. Like, at most, like, if you're like, oh, for the whole season, pay 60 bucks, I'd be like, okay, that's fine. Like, that's not bad. But they're like, oh, you want the whole season of NFL Red Zone? There's like $350. And I'm like, who's paying that kind of money? Yeah, it shouldn't be like a pay-per-view sport. I feel like... It's not like... I don't, I don't like the pay-per-view sports. I don't either, personally. And I know there's some sports that, like, live off that, like boxing and... UFC, even where they have a one event like per every two, three weeks. But I just think as far as football doing that, I don't think it's necessary. You have to download all these different streaming websites to watch specific games. But none of us do that, guys. Even, none of us illegally stream anything. Even with baseball, yeah. though, like baseball, it's like you pay for the like the MLB pass, but then they black out the games in your area. Right. So it's like, why am I paying money if I can't even watch the Guardians play? Because half the time you're going to black the game out. And then you're going to get mad when I, you know, or you're going to get mad when people want to go you know, look at these streaming sites. Like, oh, I don't know, maybe, like, do what they're doing. Seriously, like, don't black out every game because it's kind of stupid and it's really annoying. For sure. Next question comes in from Dev. He says, any chance the Guardians can catch the Twins at the time of this tweet? The Guardians are only five out, but they play three more games against Minnesota. That tweet was a few days ago. Um, No, honestly, no. No, there's no chance. I, I think they're done. I wish, but there's just not. I think they're done. Mitch? Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Next two and final questions before we head into our break are also El Conger of a great, formerly Jake Murray and a goat for our frequent listener, listeners. First player that comes to mind when I say New York Yankees. <laughs> mm, honestly, Derek Tan- Jeter. Tanaka. I was going to okay. say Aaron Judge. Because you're a casual. <laughs> well, I also don't think baseball and the first actual player was Odell Beckham. You said New York. Wow. <laughs> so, sorry. And final question coming in from El Congo, a great favorite game yesterday that wasn't TCU Colorado. And I, I left this question for last because that's what we're going to transition into next. So what was your favorite game from yesterday that was not TCU Colorado? Because that, that game was pretty incredible. Mm, I got to give it to a MAC team, not ours, not the University of Akron, but I got to give it to the OU San Diego State game. I know San Diego State did end up beating OU 20-13, to but... That was a fun game to watch, and I think it proves that OU is, like, back. Like, they are the team to beat in the MAC, in my opinion, and I think this game proved it. Um, it that game was just so much fun to watch. Like, the energy um, down in Athens was outstanding. I've I've never seen their football stadium that full and that alive ever. Like, it, 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 was, it was awesome. Good it thing. was the definition of hard-nosed MAC football, and I loved it. 
Yeah, I think the only right answer is Colorado TCU, obviously. That game was amazing. But if I had to go in another direction, I would say Penn State, West Virginia. Good pick. I like West or I like Penn State. Sorry about that. And they're ranked number seven. They got a win. Pretty convincing win. Drew Aller is here. That's my pick. As much as this is gonna sound nuts, I gotta take Akron. <laughs> I it was such an up and down feeling through that game. And if we're talking about pure like excitement factor, yeah, I was thrilled about the zips for about an hour. And then I was really, really mad about the zips for about an hour. So I'm gonna take that for pure entertainment factor on both sides of the ball. That's gonna do it for our segment, our miscellaneous segment. When we come back, it's time for around the NCAA, where we finish out with lots of college football talk other than the Akron Zips. So stick with us right here on ZDA. Welcome back to our final segment of today's Sports Power Talk right here on Z88 Live from the University of Akron. Once again, I am your host, Logan Congrove. Joining me on the other side of the desk is our high school football expert and Kent Roosevelt football legend, Mr. Mitch Bates. Yes, sir. How's it going, everyone? And on the other side of the desk, it is WZIP's new, I I just thought of this about 10 seconds ago, WZIP's new official delusionist, Mr. (laughs) Pat Weber. Uh, You know, glad to officially have that coin to my name, too, but uh, I'm ready to talk some college football right now. I've got a really, really, really outlandish take that I I know the reaction I'm going to get, and it's going to be very nice. Is it about Ohio State? It is about Ohio State. Then let's jump right into it. Ohio State played (laughs) Indiana yesterday, did not have a strong showing whatsoever. (laughs) Final score was 20-3. However, this stat surprised me. This is the first time Ohio State's defense has held any opponent to under 10 points since 2019, which is very surprising. But not a strong showing from Ohio State. Uh, I think the wrong quarterback was playing. I'm not a Kyle McCord guy, but at the same time, I will give him the benefit of the doubt because C.J. Stroud looked the exact same way his first couple games. But I'm more of a Devin Brown guy. I think I might have given him the opportunity, but Pat, I'm very interested to hear this quote-unquote take that you have so, here. Well, so, let's hear it. Already, I mean, we talked about a little bit off air, and you guys had the reaction where I said Ohio State shouldn't have even ranked in the top stop, five. Stop, 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 stop. Wrong answer. Keep going, though. But I would argue, and if Ohio State does not get their quarterback situation figured out. And I'm saying this like, if they don't get it figured out, I'm sorry, but I realistically don't see Ohio State finishing in the top three in the Big Ten. If oh they can't get the quarterback. Goodness. In the Big Ten? I don't, I don't, do you know I don't that, you know, you do know that, uh, I don't go Michigan, Penn State, You do Ohio know State. that the Big Ten hasn't expanded yet, right? <laughs> like, like, what? Listen, all I'm saying is they will not make the college football playoffs, and I wouldn't be surprised to see them fall down. Okay, well college football playoff is one thing, but third in the Big Ten? I'm just saying that Penn State and Michigan looked significantly better than Ohio State did. Mitch. As much as I don't like saying that about Michigan, both teams just look, and I know they played. You know, different opponents. I know Ohio State started out the year with a Big Ten opponent, but you're telling me that the number three team in the country can only beat Indiana by 20? That's what you're telling me? You're telling me that Ohio State is going to be less than third in the Big Ten? Yes. If, the, if I said, if they don't get their quarterback situation figured out, then yes. Mitch, if, you don't, if you don't have somebody to lead that offense, what are you going to do? I'm going to make the executive decision here. That's going to do it for our Sports Power Talk. <laughs> just, no, just kidding, guys. We still have another 20 minutes here on the show. 20 minutes of listening to absolute delusions like that. Yeah. Really? Mitch, what's your counter on that? My counter on that, 
I, here's the thing I don't have a counter on is the quarterback situation that he brought up. I was never a Kyle McCord guy. Nope. He's not that good. He nope. has, like, some of the best receiving threats of any team in college football, period. Cade Stover is an extremely underrated tight end. We'll For just sure. say that. Julian Fleming, Marvin Harrison Jr., Emeka Ibuka. Is that you got it. Say? I think you got it. All right. Well, yeah. Those are Those are four weapons that any team would be absolutely foaming at the mouth to have, right? The fact that you can only put up 20 for 33, no touchdowns, by the way, and an interception, it's... it's. Uh, I wouldn't go as far as saying not top three in the Big Ten because that's a little bit of a crazy take. And I think they're going to beat Penn State when they play Penn State. But... Mm. Ohio State has never been a first half of the year team. That's true, too. And they didn't... It's not like it was a close game. No. Like, they they won... They won handily, but, like, I'm I'm just saying that, like, looking at at the Ohio State that I saw take to the field yesterday compared to the Ohio State that I've seen literally since I've been alive, oh, my... Just... No, I saw a tweet so bad from Sir Yacht, and he said, "Being a Browns fan and an Ohio State fan is truly interesting because if the Browns beat somebody twenty to three, I'd be jumping around screaming. <laughs> Ohio State beats somebody twenty to three, season's over. Everybody's terrible. Nobody, nobody knows how to play football. Fire Ryan Day. Yeah, that's the thing too. I want to say I don't know why Ohio State. Man. Why is everybody so bent on firing Ryan Day just because you lost to Michigan two years in a row?" That's oh, it. Man. That is the yes. only thing. Yes, that is it. Do you understand? That's not enough to fire him, though. That's yes, not, it is. No, no, it's it is. not. Yes, no, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. If he loses the Michigan game this year, his job is gone. Done. I guarantee You're it. telling me that out of... I can promise he you. He is one of the most... Second, one of, one second of the most lock of the day, aside from Walsh <laughs> Jesuit beating Hoban, the second lock of the day is if Ohio State loses to Michigan. I don't care... I don't care if he loses every other game. If he loses to Michigan, that man is on the street, not even on the bus following the game. You're crazy. We're talking about somebody who has he is one of the most winning I do not care. head coaches. Ohio in State did it once. They fired John Cooper for losing the Michigan game because he said it didn't mean anything. Yeah, but Ryan Day hasn't said that, but Ryan Day never said that the game didn't mean anything. I don't think he gets it. He actually he does get it. No, he doesn't. The only coaches that get it. Woody Hayes got it. He, he's an Ohio guy. Urban Meyer got it because he was a graduate assistant at Ohio State. He got it. Ryan Day does not get the intensity of the rivalry. For the same reason they fired John Cooper many years ago is the same reason that Ryan Day will be back as an NFL quarterback coach at the end of the season. You are out of your mind if for they, saying If that. they lose sorry, that game. That if. is insane to me. I don't think he's wrong. That's yeah. insane. The next, and the next head coach of the is. Ohio State Buckeyes is already on their coaching staff, too. Really? Is Brian Hartline. I just don't, a guy I don't see that a reason gets to fire him. the rivalry. I don't see a reason to fire Ryan. We're talking about somebody who is like consistently put in the work and consistently like don't you care. maybe you maybe <laughs> Did lose you a game in Michigan. Michigan. Uh, no, then I don't care. There's no listen, I know how big the All right, fine, let's is. put it in a let's put mm-hmm. it into Akron terms. Akron loses every other game. Akron wins every other game but loses to Kent. I'd be upset. Don't get me wrong. I'd be, I'd, be yeah. upset, I'd be upset, but I wouldn't go out the gate saying fire Joe Moorhead at all. Well, I'd no, be like, because Akron fine. doesn't win football games, period. Just That'd be well, I'm just saying, like, like, but, little like, different. But, well, say, for example, like if we dropped both games in basketball, I'm not going to come out the gate saying, like, oh, we should fire John Gross. 
I'm not going to do that because look at I, what he's done. Like you got to look at what they've done. I know I it's a rivalry care. game. I don't care. It you got to like I know it's a rivalry game. I know it's a big deal. I, it is the game. Ryan Day is on the street that. if he loses that game. There, I just don't. He's, they're pulling a they're pulling a Jamal Adams and the Jets on him. His key card ain't working at that facility. I just if don't he loses, think, I'm telling I you right now. Jamal Adams locked out. There are two guys that will care more about that game that are would be better head coaches than Ryan Day anyway, and their names are Brian Hartline and Mike Vrabel. There's, I'm sorry, Ryan Day is he is a phenomenal head coach. Yeah, he, he is. But if yeah. you don't beat Michigan, you're out. That's kind of the that's point just, of the whole season. Like besides oh, wow. winning the Natty, I would rather lose every single game than lose to Michigan. All of them. That is just. Besides winning the Natty, I think that is the number one point of the entire season. Just beat Michigan. They don't care. Lose every other game. Beat I Michigan. would. I would allow him to keep his job if he lost every other game and then still beat Michigan. <laughs> I would say, nice job, good season. Because there's a sliver of. I just, it, that is outlandish <laughs> to me that like out of the countless wins that he's had. How many fantastic seasons the Buckeyes have had under him? He lost two games. I know. Yep. They were, again, I know they were to Michigan, but two. he lost two games to Michigan. And you want to fire him? You want to give yep. up one of the best head coaches I would in, like to. in the entire NCAA <laughs> because like he lost two games? <laughs> that is insanity to me. That is nuts. You want to me. talk about insanity, Pat? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. But like to me, this is crazy. I'm just like really like I know he hasn't beat Ohio or he hasn't beat Michigan. I I get that, but. There's zero chance you're being serious about firing him if he like if he doesn't. I'm being so serious. This is the second most serious take that I've had this, today. This talk <laughs> is like why I don't like Ohio State fans. Straight up, I'm sorry, but it's stuff like it's like you are crazy if you think you should fire him for losing that game. Coming from a Steelers fan, let's not talk about delusional fans. <laughs> okay, all right. Hey, you know what, guys? We want you to weigh in on this, and I'm getting a little sad because I haven't seen. I've only seen one single thing on our text line, which, come on, guys, it's a text line. <laughs> 330-972-8888. If Ryan Day does not beat Michigan, does he lose You're crazy. his job? You're crazy. Ryan Day loses his job almost immediately. I don't care. I, I don't even want this dude coaching in the college football playoff if they make it. If we lose to Michigan, <laughs> I want him gone. That is crazy. I want Damn. him gone. You are gone. crazy for that. I want him gone. There's, you'd be making, here's my thing. If Ohio State truly did fire Ryan Day because of that, they'd be making a massive mistake. Why, they'd though? Be making a huge mistake. Because he's, he, if you look literally I think at Ryan his, Day is one of the most replaceable head coaches in the, in the entire country. He's one of the most winningest <laughs> head coaches, though. Yeah, okay. He has the probably the best roster on paper in the whole country. Okay. You know why? Because Brian Hartline recruited them all. I'm just saying, you can't, like, I know you might think Ryan is replaceable, but I think if you get rid of him, it's a big mistake. I think it's a huge mistake. Yes, Matt, thank you. Nobody shuts down OSU's offense like Ryan Day. Correct take. You're crazy. That's all I got to say. It's just us not being able to find a quarterback that can lead this stacked team. That's what makes me upset. Like, I don't know if you put that blame on Ryan Day or if you put that nope. blame on Heartline. I've, actually, you know what? That's split. That's a recruiting thing. Yeah. It is. I, think I, it I is. do think this the, is so bad. The, um, both I, feel of like, them, I feel like the urgency to find a quarterback wasn't there. Devin Brown and Kyle McCord both looked so mid yesterday. Were we just relaxing on the fact that we had Stroud and we're just like, oh, well, Stroud will last forever. Like, <laughs> why, why were we not prepared for this? Matt Permuka says, give me the headset be. and I'll call the game and I'll take OSU to ten and two. <laughs> okay, Matt, would you beat Michigan though? That's my question. Go yeah, those two to Michigan. Uh, if you don't beat Michigan, Matt, gonna have to fire you. Just like Ryan Day is gonna get fired no if he doesn't way. beat Michigan. You're, it's crazy. 
pet. That's outwitting. And that's going to be our around the root question for this week, <laughs> by the way. Head over to our Twitter at WZIP Sports. You know what's funny is I was really hoping that something would pop into my head because I didn't have one in the outline. And here it is. If Ryan Day does not beat Michigan for the third year in a row, should he lose his job regardless of record? Our takes are, Mitch? Get rid of Ryan Day. Yep. No way. Yes, the answer is fire Ryan Day. Fire Ryan Day. You got to win. Fire Ryan Day. (laughs) There is no way. That's okay. If, if if Ryan Day loses to Michigan, I don't even want this dude as an offensive assistant at Akron. Seriously. <laughs> oh my gosh, You're crazy! No, that's that. crazy. That, that is, is crazy. wild. If Ryan Day came to the University of Akron, <laughs> first of all, I'd be the happiest person on the planet. I don't want him. I'd be so happy. I don't want <laughs> I don't losers. Want I don't want a losing mentality. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy. But have you seen the program we have right now, bro? <laughs> what do you think the program mentality is? What do you think it is? Well, <laughs> if it's already a losing mentality, why bring in another loser who doesn't care about the rivalry? Oh my God. What do you mean? What? Okay, he's not a loser. Ryan Day is literally okay. He has he's one of the most winningest head coaches in the NCAA. I cannot stress that enough. He has one of the highest win percentages in the NCAA. That man is not a loser. <laughs> but when we play Michigan, what is he, Logan? A big <laughs> loser. <laughs> You're, you're crazy. I'm sorry. <laughs> I ain't crazy, Pat. I'm telling you right now. I'm here to tell you right now. I feel okay. like a lot of coaches could have the Thank same you, record Matt. as him. Thank you, Matt. Matt Pamuka gives us another beautiful comment here saying, Ryan Day is so mid. Dude, failed out of the NFL, was a pity hire after Urban Meyer, and is now overseeing the greatest roster in NCAA. 100% correct. Why are you so quiet over there? Speak. Just speak. <laughs> nothing to say. I just, this is why I just, I hate Ohio State fans. If I, for this reason, I feel like I'm back to a wall sometimes. I'm like, I'm like hitting. I'm, I'm hitting everybody with the facts here. Like, look, look at everything that Ryan Day has done, but then it's like, no, but it's Michigan. And I'm just like, I'm talking to a wall right now. Like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Um, yeah. Well, I think going back and backtracking into the Indiana game, I don't think it was as terrible as people are making it seem. It was the first game of the year, and like you said, Ohio State doesn't always start fast. And it is Kyle McCord's first time as the starting quarterback for Ohio State, so I'm not mad at giving him time to adjust. But when we start getting deeper into the season and the games start getting tougher and tougher, like playing Notre Dame, playing Penn State, even Wisconsin, and then, of course, Michigan, we're going to need to see a completely different quarterback in those games. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. We almost just blew the entire segment on this. So let's move on to TCU and Colorado. Probably the most exciting game of yesterday. It was, yeah, definitely the most exciting game of the day. Yeah, it was the game of the day. I think that when you watch Colorado now versus any other season within the last 10 years, it's completely different. And you got to credit that to Coach Prime and another player that a lot of people know needs his recognition as Travis Hunter. 
And that kid did something insane yesterday by starting at wide receiver and starting at corner in that game against TCU. That's unheard of for D1 college football, for someone to start on offense and defense. And corner is one of the toughest positions in football. I'll say it right now. And he had a great game on both sides. And it feels like we're in a different day as far as Colorado football goes. And I think that's pretty exciting for those fans out there. Pat, what'd you make of that game? I completely agree. Um, first of all, I just want to come out the gate and say TCU making the national championship, let alone the top four, was a mistake. Doesn't that look like such a delusion? It was now? a fluke. I am so disappointed in myself for saying they would actually win the Natty. Wow. That, I mean, that just shows you how wrong I am on my sports takes most of the time. But no, I was a big fan of that game. I 100% agree. This is a different era of Colorado football where we've seen, you know, it's like, oh, it's Colorado. I don't want to sound like that, but, you know, for the longest time, they were kind of viewed like how Akron's viewed. An outright terrible program. And they managed to turn it around, beat TCU. Again, they should not have made it to the Natty, but this was a team that was in the Natty nonetheless. And just what a game. I was a huge fan of it. it. It's a different era, and I'm honestly ready for it. Just get TCU out, man. They don't deserve to be ranked. TCU's not good. Just get them out. Get TCU them out. and Colorado had the two uh, highest percentage of least returning starters from their rosters. Colorado returned three starters. They quite literally have an entire roster of transfers. Everybody's new there, but they're meshing so well together. And he ain't hard to find. Hey, all I'm saying is, um, hey, Joe Moorhead, real quick. Pat, uh, it's not the look same, at, dude. Look at how, no, I'm just saying, but look <laughs> look at how, look at how Deion Sanders, like, commands himself and he disciplines his players. And then look, look at what comes out of it, so... Maybe maybe start doing that a little bit, please. Yeah, but also Akron doesn't have nearly as much talent as Colorado when you think about an overall standpoint. I mean, Travis Hunter alone is more talented than pretty much every single player on Akron's roster right now. Easily, by far. It hurts to say this, but no, I agree with that. He, by himself, yeah, better than literally anybody we have on our entire team. Without a doubt. <laughs> Yeah. Like, the only somewhat comparable player is Lorenzo Lingard. Do y'all think that's that... It. Do you guys think that Colorado is, like, legit? Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest. I think they could be. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest. No. Really? What? Colorado, I'm going to give you guys the easiest bet of all time. All right. Under three and a half wins, Colorado. Wow. What? <laughs> that, that's how I am not buying the Coach Prime hype at all. He, they won one game against a very mid-TCU team. I'm not buying it. Under three and a half wins. And then everybody will see that it's all a facade. So you're willing to bet on that with me? Of course, but not on air. Of course. We can't do it we on air. But we'll talk after the show, Mitch. We'll have a conversation. But under three and a half wins for Colorado is my prediction. That's outrageous. You realize that, that would like put them probably below what we're going to finish as, right? Yep. Are you sure? Like, yep. Hold on. Like, CJ, are you go sure through the schedule? That? Go through the schedule. We have three minutes left. We got to get off the air soon, like, so go through the schedule. I, I feel like John Cena out here. I was gonna be like, are you sure about that? Like, positive. I, I don't know. That is my third played, most positive take of the entire and day. Colorado State next. Those two. I've wins. had three dead serious takes today, and that is number three. 
I'm 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 looking. So they're going to start the season immediately three and zero. They're going to drop Michigan and U or not Michigan, Oregon and USC without a doubt. Three and two. They're definitely beating Arizona State and Stanford. So that already puts them at five. I there's just don't no see way. Their their schedule is inexperience. So easy. Like don't get me wrong, they're not going to finish great, but they're they'll make a bowl game. They'll finish sure. So will Akron. Akron's going to make the Bahamas Bowl. Bowl games mean nothing to me anymore. Like, I mean, there's like a... If you're in that program, right? There's so many bowl games. They're probably in the next 10 years will be a... There will be like a... I don't know. What's something... I'm trying to look at my... There will be a... A Celsius bowl. Or like a... A, a, prime hydration bowl. Yeah. Sorry, audio arts game. lighting soundboard here at the University of Akron <laughs> Bowl. Like... But I don't care, no man. That, there's no way that you think they're going to finish under, under three and a half. No wins. way, under that's three and a half wins. Actually, that, that, that's just I'm wild. telling you that's right wild. now, under three and a half wins. And Mitch, give your final thoughts before we close out our show. Yeah, my final thoughts is they're not going under six wins. That the team and they just beat a ranked opponent in TCU, and yeah, it's not the same TCU. L, L take. They're ranked 17. L take. What? Guys, we're running out of time. So before we close out our show, I'm going to end the argument on me winning, which is what I like. But uh, any final thoughts on today's show? Yeah, it was a great show. Uh, had a lot of fun today talking about quite a bit of football. And it's always the best being up here. Pat? Great show as always. As per usual, go Steelers, go Zips, go Guardians, go Blue Jackets, go Gunners. They're playing right now. I'm not happy with how the game is going, though. Really? All right. Um, Shout out to my mom and dad listening all the way from sunny Springfield, Ohio. And shout out to the members of my fraternity, Phi Psi. I know they're tuned in listening because this is... That's Pat Weber. It's also kind of a bittersweet thing because for the sports department, I just kind of went through this on Friday during my shift, but... This is my last first show that I'm going to have of my collegiate career. So I know they're tuned in and listening, and I just want to say thank you to uh, my friends and my family for all the support they continue to give me. And we're going to have ourselves a really fun time finishing out the year up here. And